in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 106, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Public Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, right now, whatever you're doing, you could swing in there for lunch. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Again, they'll also... Uh, have Monday Night Football on tonight. They had a good crowd yesterday for the Patriots game. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. All right, I want to bring you up to speed on right now at 107, some of the news of the day. So, obviously, a big story is uh, the Supreme Court is back. Court approval uh, sinks to historic low, saying that they keep marching right. Some other headlines, 60% of Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck. Well, with the amount of inflation right now, it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, for, for so many people to save money. I mean, with the amount that rent is going up and how much um, that just you, a, a trip to the grocery store now for people is they trace and keep track, maybe you're one of those people, keep track of just how expensive things are. You know, there are people, you keep your receipts, you see what you were paying a year ago when you went to the grocery store, you see what you were paying two years ago at the grocery store, and then you see what you're paying now. And I'll tell you that their plan right now, the plan that the Biden administration has was they they just keep giving away money um, it, it's not going to solve anything. Now, I also want to see this. Wall Street Journal, I saw that denounces Trump's death wish for Mitch McConnell. I also, I agree. I thought that was wrong. I didn't like the language of that. I don't understand what's gained by that. Um, Truth Social, a lot of people are not on Truth Social. I am not on it, only because I find it to be an echo chamber. And there's just no, re- I don't find any reason to be there. None. But... What it has provided, seemingly, is President Trump using it to lash out at people. Uh, Let me just see this. Drudge is dead. Oh, that's a while ago, though, right? Um, I disagree with that. I still check the Drudge report every day, several times a day. I think it's funny. And then now he's going after um, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times, calling her Maggot Haberman. After being a source for a book, bad writer with very bad sources. Well, she interviewed him three times. Former President Trump blasted New York Times senior political reporter Maggie Haberman ahead of her new biography. Despite he he sat down with her for three interviews. Maggot Haberman of the unfunded liability plague New York Times is my self-appointed biographer. Even though she got the Russia hoax and the Mueller report conclusions completely wrong and refused to write about the fact that the Democrats spied on my campaign. 
lied to Congress, cheated, lied to the FISA court. God, this stuff, I'm telling you, I think this stuff is just starting to sound so old. I have to keep hearing about the Russia thing and FISA. Uh, Habit was also duped on impeachment hoax one and impeachment hoax two. And said that in 2016 he will not run for president. Bad right of very bad sources. Oh, we posted that Friday. Uh, misspelled her name. I don't know. She's She's got some pretty good sources. Um, and he did sit with her three different times. So I, I don't, I am, uh, it is lost on me how he's benefiting from Truth Social. I'm, I'm missing that. I think less was more. And when he wanted to put out a statement, he would just put out a statement. Let me say this. Why Colorado's western slope likely remains Bobart country, despite string of controversies. That's Lauren Bobart. Uh, well, Colorado can be a lot like, you know, Montana. Um, and... Uh, folks, how about the the fact that Ukraine is just absolutely pushing back? Russian army is on the precipice of collapse. Of collapse. Putin allies ridicule war machine in public. More humiliation as Ukraine gains ground and annex land. You know he can he can threaten nuclear weapons, meaning. Putin can, but I, I don't. I am not convinced the people inside, and I don't believe that we would allow him to. I don't think that we would allow him to do something like that. I don't think that that is. I don't. I don't take it serious. I don't think so. He's a madman. I've been telling you that. The Ukraine people did not retire, or did not. Um, excuse me. They didn't. Uh, they didn't surrender by any means. They're not going to surrender. Um, no, and if anything, now they're using so many of the weapons that we that we gave them. Now, I also we have entered new territory. I believe where these people are starting to criticize Ron DeSantis as far as who is being evacuated over the course of the weekend. You had the vice president, Kamala Harris, and this whole nonsense that somehow the people that should, uh, the people that should get the first aid are people of color is, I, I, I think it's just ludicrous. No one agrees with that. How much more of this foolishness do we have to, like, tolerate? This is the vice president of the United States now, Kamala Harris. Let's listen to this. Our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And so we... What? Absolutely. And so we have to address what this in a way that about? is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. That is ridiculous. 
That is absolutely ridiculous that somehow people of color are affected more by that. What a joke. You know, so we have the two people that are running right now for Secretary of State. Our friend Pat Cordalesa, and then also you have Greg Amori, the Democrat. You know, one of the things that he's talked about is moving the primary up to June. I, I think that's actually a very good idea. I think that's something that should have been done in the past. They tried to say that you can't do that because then the General Assembly. But you could make it for like the last week of June and they could finish the session in May. There's no reason to drag it all out. So I I think that that's totally attainable. Um, I don't. I don't think that, that that this whole business that somehow that we have to wait to September, that was designed so the Republican candidate wouldn't have a lot of time to basically get organized and then just try to have. But this business, folks, of the general election, it, it should be longer. Um, this whole business that it just ended. And everyone's already, you know, a little bit tired of it. And nothing's really even happened yet, right? All that, that happened was the fact that of, if it's who won the primary. So, um, so I, I, um, I, I like the idea of that. I've thought that this is something that, that could have been happening for quite some time. I want to play... Um, Okay, let's go with some of the news. But the, the McKee stuff right now, folks, this this homeless stuff, we, we have to make a decision. They're not they're not helping anyone by this. This business where they just start giving out free housing and this this notion that they want free hotel like hotel vouchers. You're gonna have a group of people where they they want to stay. They want you to put up that they stay in a hotel for free from October, October, November, December, January, February, March. Six months of the year, they get a free voucher to live indoors, and then they can then go outside April um, through, through, through October, basically. So, you know, six months inside, six months outside. I, I, I don't that you're not solving anything. And and even when they are, quote, you know, living outside, they're still terribly reliant. Um, this business of Crossroads is celebrating road, celebrate investments in housing for the homeless. Housing for the homeless. Well, they, they just love that. But you, you're not solving anything. Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to? Feed these individuals. Why do you have to? And, and they're getting younger and younger, as a matter of fact. These are not, you know, these are young people. You have people like they had that woman who she's like 32. She's been I've been homeless for, you know, 12, 14 years. What, what, what does that even mean? Why? Why did why do they? 
you know, what, what, what does that even mean? They've been homeless for that amount of time? If it, it begins with they should be placing them, you have to do something. You can't just get everything for free. There has to be some element of accountability. And, and, and they are taking the place of, you know, this whole notion about they love it, that there are families and, and how do you, you know, this is so terrible that families are homeless. Well, I, I mean, that should not go on. But not everybody is. Let's just say this. There are individuals who are not homeless. Excuse me. They don't have families. They don't have a drug problem. They don't have a drinking problem. They should be given. They need to work. You're not helping these people by just presenting them free things. You're not helping them. All you're doing is enabling them and enabling their lifestyle. And and, and the, the element... The element of it, it's not like they just need a step up. They become completely dependent on it. And you start to just build the dependency. So um, let me also just see. I mean, I don't know about you. I was burned out with uh, all the hurricane stuff over the course of the weekend. And, uh, and, and also... Our friend, um, Tony the Dancing Cop, Tony Lapore, boy, he'd been living it up in his new home in Florida. And uh, and they just got absolutely, uh, his neighborhood was devastated. It was pretty interesting. Tony, who's a hell of a nice guy, was, uh, uh, you know, showing that apparently if you had a cement structured home, then you were, you know, goes without saying, but the people that had wooden structure homes were really just decimated, completely, completely decimated compared with, I think Tony is in a concrete home. I may reach out to him. We'll let him get settled a little bit. I saw him, uh, you know, charging his, um, charging his phone in his car and he and his wife are trying to have a cup of coffee but um but the devastation down there is just uh and it, it's going to be ongoing for quite some time as a matter of fact so now folks but but close to the home this this business of the 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 priorities of the McKee administration there's nothing for businesses there's nothing for families who pay taxes. Now, Supreme Court opens today. I want to hear this. They're open, new term, packed agenda. Um, the Today Show had a piece on this. I want to hear a little bit uh, of this. Where all eyes are on the Supreme Court this morning, opening its new term with a new justice, a packed agenda, and lingering fallout from the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell is joining us there from the court. Kelly, this is a really historic day. Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson sitting on the bench, and she's actually hearing a case for the first time. What do we expect today? Good morning, Hoda. For the first time, the nine justices of the Supreme Court include four women and the first black 
woman with Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who was welcomed here Friday in a special ceremony, taking the oath and taking her seat on the bench. President Biden attended that ceremony, and the court put out a photo of the nine justices appearing together for the very first time, and the court will look like that for the term ahead. The supermajority of conservatives, six of them, three liberals. So Justice Jackson does not change the ideological makeup of the court as it gets its work underway today and she hears her first case they'll be dealing with issues that uh, involve race and voting rights and gay rights in america they'll deal with an issue of race in college admissions with affirmative action involving cases with harvard and the university of north carolina they'll look at the electoral map in alabama and examine whether changes made there have made it harder for black voters to have the same weight they'll also look at a case in colorado where a web designer does not want to provide creative services for gay weddings citing freedom of speech so it gives you a sense of how these cases really reflect a lot of american life and will also affect the culture wars in our country. Well, Kelly, we've got midterms coming up. Do you, do you expect to see an impact uh, on the midterms what, from things like Roe v. Wade being overturned? Well, after that blockbuster term that ended in June with abortion rights and the constitutional protection they're going away, Democrats certainly believe that will motivate their voters to turn out and to elect more Democrats who could potentially put laws in effect to protect abortion rights. Apart from the court, Republicans see things like the economy and inflation as ways that they could do well in the midterm. So some of it will be influenced by the court, some with larger issues. But the court is a vital place in American life, and it will be another term with really momentous and consequential decisions. Hoda? You know, it's wrong that they have, in essence, declared war on, and again, folks, good afternoon right now, 123, that they have declared war on the Supreme Court, declared war on the Supreme Court. Um, There's another story I'm saying right now. Billy Eckner blames straight people for bros flopping at the box office. I'm curious to see how far this is going to go. They came out, this guy, Billy Eckner, I see him on, he was working for a late night show. He runs around. He interviews people very quickly. He, there's a, a new film out. And again, folks, good after, it's 124 in this Monday. Billy Ector blames straight people for bros. So there's a new film out. And I think it's, it's, um, is it the first, like, it's everyone, well, I want to read it exactly. But he, uh, the, like, the, like, how much are, are people now supposed to go see the film? Is, is that what we're, like, is that where we're at? Is that what we're we're now talking about? That somehow the, the the film bombed. A lot of people are not going to the the movies anymore. They're blaming homophobia. Straight people just didn't show up. Well, you know, there's also a lot of football this weekend. It scored just five million dollar weekend. Disastrous opening night. It's an all gay comedy, and it's a box office disaster. And now he's blaming straight people. <laughs> the The budget for the film was twenty five million. Opening weekend, it bombed. It's not going to make any money. So it made five million the entire weekend. The public had no interest in not only a gay comedy but one with graphic sex scenes. 
Um, I, I don't know what to, I mean, apparently it did well in certain cities, but, and now is blaming you're a homophobe if you didn't go to his movie. What other demands does he have? What other? One theater chain threatened to pull the trailer because of the gay content, but they didn't. And that's up to, you know, then that's that's one, um, one theater chain. I'm sure in Hollywood... This sounded like it was going to be fantastic. And it got unbelievable reviews, by the way. (laughs) It was embraced by critics. World premiere, the Toronto Film Festival. 95% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it bombed. Maybe the American public just didn't like it. Top 10 markets were New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles. It's been a bust. Um, people in the south in the middle of the country didn't go to see it. But now it's now it's your fault that you didn't go to it. Can't people pick what type of film they want to go to? You know, I also see that Saturday Night Live struggled in the season debut. I, I, I mean, I'm isn't it over yet? Isn't it over? Kicks off rebuilding with a disastrous cold open sketch. Um, declaring it a year of reinvention. They even called in host Miles Teller to play Peyton Manning. A uh, lot of changes. I did not. I think I did. I I didn't see that. I saw some clip of it. It wasn't funny. The reason why people didn't go to see this all gay film is because they they just didn't want to see an all gay film or they, they didn't find it funny. The reason why Saturday Night Live is not doing well is because it's not funny. The humor is gone. It's too preachy. It's too political. Of course, the all-gay film, Bros, of course it did well with the critics. What do you think they were going to do? Of course, Hollywood. Can you imagine sitting in, folks, at 128, you're sitting in a conference room on the West Coast, and someone says, I have an idea. We're going to make an all-gay comedy. Is there any person in that conference room, whether it's Warner Brothers or whoever, that is going to say, you know, I don't don't know if that's a good idea. What if we made a film that was really funny, a funny comedy that happened to be an all-gay comedy? Listen, there's a difference when Kamala Harris is named the vice president. And all Biden says is, I'm selecting her, not because she's the most qualified, not because she's the best candidate. I'm selecting her because she's a woman of color. And then there's a problem with, it's another situation when you have the White House press person. Well, the White House said, we are so excited to announce 
that not only is she a person of color, she's also prefers same-sex relationships. The her qualifications are that. That's the deciding factor. If they made a really funny film that just happened to be an all-gay comedy, it's different. But when you say, we're going to make an all-gay comedy, and all straight people need to go to see this film, or you're a homophobe, maybe people just don't want to be preached to. Maybe people didn't want to go to that. Someone was sitting in a conference room on the West Coast, and they said, do you think if we include a graphic sex scene, um, a gay graphic sex scene, do you think that that might hurt people going to it? And everyone in the conference room said, absolutely not. (laughs) And then it bombed. Straight people didn't show up to my movie. I don't know what to tell you. I saw Birdcage. Um, it's one thing when you want to force it. No one said, let's, let's take a vote. Should Kamala Harris be the vice president? There's no way she wins that vote. Her run for president was a disaster. She never should have been chosen as the vice president. Never. She's not going to get better. It's not there. Billy Eichner blames straight people for dismal opening of gay rom-com bros. I don't, it's the public. They decide what they want to go see. I can't get over Harris with this relief should give, based on equity, communities of color should get the aid first. You have two towns in Florida, both hit equally with the storm, with the hurricane, Hurricane Ian. Kamala Harris is saying, hold on. First, the black community, the town that has more black residents, they should get the aid first. Two towns in America. Two towns in America, two towns in Florida, both hit by a hurricane, both have equal damage. And she's saying the town that has more residents of color should get the aid first. Uh, Let me just say this. Former GOP candidate for Congress, Laura Loomer, is saying the FBI works with the Democrat Party to carry out mass shootings. She is a nutcase. She never backs up anything. She never backs up anything. I'm not a fan of hers. Um, that, That is foolish to say that. But I, she ran for office. Didn't, isn't she running again? I'm not exactly sure. But I'm pretty sure that she ran for office. 
Oh, let me see this. Nick Fuentes. <laughs> that nutcase. They are beyond bizarre. A documentary about Christian fascist Nick Fuentes. The most canceled man in America. They are so weird. <laughs> he went to BU. He went to BU and Michelle Malkin one time asked me to go to something that he was like promoting or something. And he's just too whacked for my for my liking. All right, let me get to um folks, good afternoon at 134. You're listening to the John DePetro show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. New Axios interview with Alan Fung. Let me see this. Alan Fung may be Republicans' most moderate candidate for Congress. You know, the only thing that matters is if he wins. If there's a Republican running for Congress that cuts against the party brand, this is an Axios now. It's Rhode Island's Alan Fung. Why it matters. The son of Chinese immigrants and the former Mayor Cranston has shown he can win over moderate-minded voters in a solidly Democrat state. What's happening? Fung is running against Democrat state treasurer Seth Magaziner for the seat vacated by retiring Democrat Rep. Jim Langevin. The Plick the Cook Political Report, citing Fung's broad appeal, rates the race as a toss-up, despite Biden winning the district by 14 points. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has been one of Fung's leading champions, visiting the district for a fundraiser and boosting his primary campaign through an affiliated super PAC. Democrats are trying to tie Fung to former President Trump. While painting his views on abortion is out of the mainstream. Folks, at 135, I'll tell you this. Something the Republican Party and certain members of it are failing at. Are pointing out the fact that no one is being denied access to an abortion. The only thing they're talking about now is they want you to pay for it. That's what this whole thing with McKee is about. That you have to pay for it. That everything, taxpayers have to pay for it. That's the argument. That's how they should lay it out. They're not even convincingly mapping out that argument. It's as simple as that. That's what people need to decide. Should you pay for it? Wherever they may live in the state. It's not like they, it's not, you know, I, I, listen, I don't, I don't claim to know how much it would be. I could Google that, but. But what it all comes down to, you should pay for it. All taxpayers have to pay for it. That's what they're talking about. This business of access, access, they're so disingenuous and dishonest. It's not that they don't have access. It's that they don't want to pay for it, regardless of the circumstances. And they always want to go to the extreme. But not everything's an extreme. How many? Is there a limit on how many should be paid for? Is there any limit on it? Should taxpayers, I I don't even like discussing something like this. Should you have to pay, someone wants to have 10, 15, 20, they use it as a form of birth control. You have to pay for that? Why do we have to pay for it? All right. Some highlights from Axios' interview with Fung this week. Whether he agrees with Biden or anything, I struggle to find anything I agree with this president of Speaker Pelosi about. Their policies have led to record high inflationary prices, grocery store prices. That's why I'm running. Fung's campaign later called back, say, would have supported Biden's 
bipartisan infrastructure legislation on abortion. You know, I get why this is the top issue, but it's so annoying that this is the top issue. I'm not an extremist on this. I've not supported any type of national ban of criminalization. I'm certainly not with Joe Biden. The Democrats, I would. They'd support late term to the last day. McKee's like that. Notice the media doesn't report on that. And while I don't support late term, I would allow them into the life of the mother rape incest. Where he stands with the GOP. I'm more of a Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker type. I like the work Chris Sununu is doing in New Hampshire. Governor Phil Scott, Vermont. Those are the Republicans I model, model myself after. Trump presidency, from an economic standpoint, did a lot of good to help the economy, made us energy independent. That's what I see as a positive. Notable, notable quotable, House Majority Whip Steny Hoyer offered some rare bipartisan praise for Fung, calling him a quality opponent, not an extremist. So I'll tell you, he is running a real campaign. Mayor Fung, and I'm happy for him, And I support him. He's running a real campaign without question. Let me just double check that. But that's, I want you to understand that. And that needs to, I believe, should be highlighted more. It should be highlighted more of here's what Governor McKee is talking about. Because they're not, they're not. Fully honest about when Governor McKee, you know, I'm going to put this in and access and I um that's the part that they're, they're I believe they're, they're, they're just disingenuous on. Disingenuous on the fact that and it's always, you know, the wording that they used. So it's always, they, they're never, you know, this, this whole business of how much, um, you know, why should you have to pay for it? What it's coming down to is they're saying that they believe it should be taxpayers pick up the cost. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So they don't want any, any cost associated with it. And that's what should be debated. But Governor McKee, they don't do that. Right? They just try to say, you know, they, they act this whole business of equity and whether or not, you know, it's fear and equity and that whole thing that 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 they um, like Helena folks was was big on that of I insisted they try to make it seem as though someone doesn't have access to these services that are offered and we know that that's not the case all right email from Karen look at Katrina remember what all those people did with the money yeah very good point thank you Karen Appreciate that. Well, one of the problems, as we learned, is there there were still people in Middletown from Hurricane Katrina. Right? They were they were refugees. Not only did they settle there, they never went back. What we are moving into 
is more and more people that are trying to say that if someone doesn't use good judgment and good decision making, that we should, we, you know, we have to compensate for them. That somehow we have to help them compensate for poor decision making. That these people are completely incapable of themselves, of making a proper decision. You have a hurricane coming. The general public is told you need to evacuate. Not everyone does. Some people stay behind. Some people can think they can ride it out. Some people are afraid of looting. Some people dismiss it. Something goes wrong. They were all given the same information. You know, one of the only things that, and he said it was Governor Cuomo. And good, good afternoon, folks, at 142. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Governor Cuomo, you had an outbreak in New York City of people that were still getting COVID. And in a rare moment of where, you know, listen, I, I, I know he got pounded with some of what was going on in the office. And he really got pounded on the nursing homes. But there was at one point where Governor Andrew Cuomo said, there's nothing more the government can do for you. You don't have to go to work. The kids don't have to go to school. This thing is very contagious. You just have to be cautious and and we're giving you a free mask. We're giving you all this stuff. If you're still coming down with it, there's nothing more the government can do for you. Everyone's being given the same information. If you can, if you choose to ignore it, we can't help you. You're choosing to ignore it. It's contagious. You shouldn't be around people outside of your family. And all these people were still coming down with it. You're not getting it at work because you don't have to go to work. The kids are not getting it at school because they don't have to go to school. If you're still getting it, there's nothing more we can do. You're not listening. Everyone's given the same amount of information. Folks, right now at 144, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program, it's brought to you by J. Perry Paving. You know, this is a great time to get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving, high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, committed to staying on schedule. All projects exceeding their clients' expectations. Give them a call today at 401 732-1730, 401-732-1730, J. Perry Paving. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs. No matter how big, how small, experienced, skilled team always provide exceptional driveway asphalting. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway, J. Perry Paving. Call them today. I'm going to give you the phone number again right now. Call them for a free quote, 401-732-1730. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. And remember, if you're a veteran 
or you have a family member who's a veteran, no one, you will not get a better package than J. Perry Paving. Now, it's 145 on this Monday, October 3rd. Why not call them and get a free quote? Find out what would it cost for them to pave your driveway. 401-732-1730-401-732-1730, letter J, J, Perry, Paving. Folks, good afternoon. Uh, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, depietro.com. Right now, it's it's 146. And next Tuesday is the first gubernatorial debate, Ashley Kalis and Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. I don't know if she's ever been in a debate. I'll give her credit. She's going everywhere. She's showing up. Anytime someone is criticizing him, she's there. She went to the she went to the uh, some kind of a housing homeless protest this morning. She went to that. And you know, it wasn't huge, but everything can't be a home run. I think that that's very positive. And she went to the hearing they were going to have on the raises that Governor McKee wanted to give out. She went to the meeting about the amount of how much electricity is going to go up. I think it's very positive. She's going to things. She's listening. She's meeting people. She's hearing from people firsthand. She's going out, obviously attending different events. But she's learning firsthand what it is that that our people are concerned about and hearing it from them you know that Rhode Island has spent 3.5 million on additional shelter beds before winter i i get it Rhode Island's distributing 3.5 million to six local organizations additional shelter space They are giving out hotel vouchers. The funding will allow create 230 new one beds in addition to the 64 beds funded. Amos House, 1.3 million. Blackstone Valley Advocacy Center Central Falls, 1 million. Catholic Social Service Rhode Island, 20,000. Turner House in Providence, 181,000. Thrive Behavior Health in West Warwick, over 800,000. Man. You know, what they don't talk about, as I've said, are these hotel vouchers. That That's not solving anything. That's not solving anything. All the people that are getting this money, it needs to be determined, can they work? Could they do anything? Could they sweep up? Could they pick up litter? Could they get rid of some graffiti? Could they do something? I don't think it's positive and healthy for anyone when they're just given this money, no strings attached. So why not help place them into a job? There's still all these places that can't find workers. 
all these places that can't find workers. I don't, and, and no one thinks that maybe we could slide them in somewhere. Can't say to them, listen, we'd love to help you. But in order to get that amount of money, you know, you need to do the following. We're going to put you in touch with this person or that person. I don't understand why they can't. Gas prices drop 11 cents in Rhode Island. Well, keep going. Keep going. I don't, um, I don't, the state to me is not doing a good enough job in placing people that want state services and they won't hook them up with employers that need workers. I don't think they're doing a good enough job. It's too open-ended. It's too, you know, no problem. And like I told you, this past summer, someone that I was interviewing from time to time was getting hotel vouchers for free. And that's in the summertime. And this is someone that could work. Absolutely someone could work. Hey, listen, I get it. Not everyone can. You know, not everyone can. You do have the disabled. You do have the elderly. I get that. But there are elderly that have a part-time job. But it's more of the younger people. If you see these younger people, hey, I see them downtown. They are hanging around. And it's usually the worst is when you see a younger person and they're panhandling. Standing there panhandling. It's pathetic. Totally unnecessary. Why are they doing that? Someone young standing there. The money is going for drugs and alcohol. And I don't, I, I know it should not. You're not helping those individuals. You're not. You're enabling them is what you're doing. Folks, right now at 152. But see, this is where Governor McKee won't stand up to that crowd. Right? I posted it on Facebook where they, they, it's non-negotiable demands. And they like to call it flexible funding. They're not homeless. If you don't work... You can't afford to pay rent. Then you are going to be homeless. If you don't work, then you don't have enough money for a car. You don't have enough money to do a lot of different things. And there's, there's seemingly more people in the 40s and 50s that are opting to go that route. And just assume they'll just sleep outside, get by day to day. I don't want a job. I want the freedom of not working. I want people to pay for me. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show at 152, it's brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, whether it's lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you, for crying out loud, at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So, Governor DeSantis, even, they were grilling him, some reporters, on the evacuation orders. What what more do you expect? The, the guy is following... The storms were unpredictable. Tampa was not pounded, thank God. Certain areas were hit harder than others. Um, As 
certain areas were hit harder than others. That, that, that's not DeSantis' fault. It's, it's not he's following the meteorologists. He, he's, here's where we think the storm is going. He's not controlling that. Supreme Court declines to hear my pillow CEO appeal in a defamation case. All right. Well, he's got Mike. Mike Lindell definitely has some. Um, definitely have some uh, problems. The equity remark by Harris is just. But but see, that's that's who she is. That's that she's all about that. Someone. In her circle, someone on her staff thought that 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 was the right way to approach it. Someone wrote that for her. She certainly didn't write that for crying out loud. Let me play. Ashley Kalis has a new commercial out. I want to hear this just for a moment, folks. What time is it? One fifty-five on this Monday. Good afternoon. The weather's going to get better as the week goes along, but it is um, quite the stormy. Uh, I like that. House GOP Super PAC is now capitalizing. The number two House Dem is Denny Hoyer. He's number two to Pelosi. Um, Saying he's not an extremist. They're not true. He's a quality candidate. I think that's great. Good. You know, Mayor Fung, folks, it's right there. All he has to do is close it out. Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, he's got five weeks. Five weeks, and then all he has to do is just close this thing out. But he he is right there. He is pretty much right where you, he'd want to be. And again, this is going to go down to the to the wire. He could use a break here or there. But he is in a very good position right now. All right, I want to play. This is the new uh, Ashley Kalis commercial. End this crisis. I think I saw this last night. Every day, grocery prices go up higher and higher. A gallon of milk in the last year has gone up so much. Everything costs more. It's gotten so bad. Rhode Island is the ninth most expensive state to live in as inflation skyrockets. It's time for change. The McKee Biden agenda is failing us. We all know it. The worst part about it is you work with three boys. I know how challenging it is. As governor, I will use every tool in my disposal to end this crisis. You know, I think it's a good spot. Um, I'll tell you, as I've said, folks, good afternoon at 157. She's trying. She is putting it out there. I give Ashley a lot of credit. We'll have her on the show soon. I did a, a Facebook Live with her, but we'll have her on the program. I'll contact her people later today. She she needs something to, you know, peop, people are not sold on Governor McKee. People are not sold on Governor McKee. He needs, he has not closed the gap. If she has a good debate performance against him, 
It's, um, you know, it, 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 I don't know yet. It's, it's tough until we see them on the debate stage, but there could be a door here. There definitely could be a door that she could, that Ashley could maybe get the opportunity to make that happen, to to really start to make people think, because that's what I think it's going to be, is just like how bad, how bad could she do? It can't get any worse than it is right now. And anyone, you're, you're missing the, I mean, it just, it couldn't. I think Governor McKee has forfeited his right to be the governor for the next four years. I think so. Uh, just too many, every deal is sleazy. He has handed over the administration to the special interests in the unions. I, um, whatever he's planning on doing, it, 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 none of it is good for the state and none of it is going to help businesses or taxpayers. Everything is inside of sleazy deals. The next four years would be, I mean, it would probably result in him in a federal prison, but which wouldn't be the worst thing. But there's no way it's going to end well. And it certainly wouldn't be the best thing for the state. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now at 159, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Now, listen, I will be doing Facebook Live later. The first debate for gubernatorial for the race is next Tuesday night. Today is the third, but it's going to be next Tuesday night, the 11th, the... the uh, the day right after Columbus Day. So stay tuned. Hey, and at least we dodged a bullet seemingly with the hurricane. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. We are back on the radio tomorrow at 11. WNRI, Socket.